White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. With me, as always, is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how's this Tuesday night treating you? Oh, doing doing well, Herbie. Uh, it is Talk To Us Tuesday. It's a part two of Mailbag Monday. You guys can kind of uh, catch up with the theme of that uh, as we go along here in this offseason. We get so many great emails. We like to stretch them out over the course of the week and sprinkle in some White Sox news as well. And we're episode 80. We did Jose Abreu on Monday. There was no no one wore the 80 for the White Sox. So uh, we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving. We don't have anyone noteworthy until episode 84, I believe. So, yeah, uh, there's some news here today. Uh, John Heyman tweeted this about James McCann. John Heyman, of course, the great baseball insider. Uh, he uh, works with Radio.com and uh, is one of uh, your dear friends. Um, John Heyman says Love this. Him. James McCann has received interest from the Yanks, Mets, Cardinals, and Angels in addition to the White Sox. Phillies also believed interested if they lose Real Muto. McCann is coming into his own with a 144 OPS plus last year. The White Sox like him. But realistically, he's a starter. Okay, so here it is. It's it's starting. The White Sox are getting a little worse before they get better, assuming James McCann does not re-sign a, a short-term deal with the White Sox. Let's just put it out there right now. Where do you envision James McCann winding up in 2021? I saw a report from our guy Lucas Smith, who is a locked-on Cardinals host, saying that the Cardinals have interest in James McCann. Of course, Yadier Molina is 38 years old. He is their heart and soul of their team. And if they have their druthers, I believe that if he wanted to come back, they would want to sign him back. But if he wants to leave, then Yadier Molina uh, leaving would open up the door for James McCann there because I don't think they have the money or the interest in JT Real Muto, who is in Philadelphia now, and is the hottest catching prospect out there, one of the hottest free agent prospects out there, too. So um, wherever he goes, I'm sure the Phillies would also have interest in replacing whatever he does if it's not with the Phillies. You know, the Mets, of course, are spending a lot of money this year, or at least rumored to spend a lot of money in the offseason because they now have the richest owner in Major League Baseball and Steve Cohen. So they have the ability, the capital to do so. And there's a lot of opportunities for James McCann to go anywhere he wants to go as a starting catcher out there. Um, when I was talking to Lucas, he's like, so give me the breakdown. Why do the White Sox don't want him? He's like, no, the White Sox want him plenty. And if they, you know, this is a year later, I think they would have selected James McCann over Yasmani Grandal. But they signed Grandal to that big deal. He's going to win that battle in between those two is because he's got more money invested in him by the White Sox. I think if Rick Hahn had his, his brothers and he could do it all again and he could still do it you know, with a trade or something, he would have James McCann be the 
most day starter for the White Sox. Your ace loves him. Other pitchers and staff love him. He seems like a very down-to-earth guy, one of the stoic leaders in the White Sox clubhouse, him and Jose Abreu. And I think that would be the ideal scenario right there. But Grandal will be here the next three years for for his deal. And so unless James McCann wants to take a huge, and I mean huge, hometown discount and have the same situation he had in the 60-game season where Grandal is pretty much having the majority of the starts, then he won't be here. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't think he'll be here either unless if I'm, I'm going to try to jump in James McCann's head here for a second. I'm thinking, you know what? This is such a crazy year. I don't really feel like going back and forth or being courted by organizations, whatever they do in the free, agent, free agency process in terms of meeting people. Like, you know, it, it's tough to, to sign your name on the dotted line for an organization without going out there and meeting people, traveling. Especially like, you know, this holiday season, you know, with a stressful COVID baseball season, I don't know if James McCann's going to want to be traveling around and, and meeting with, with other teams and just checking out their facilities or whatever it is free agents do when you're trying to figure out where you want to, to you know, to set up the, the rest of your, your life, your professional career, where you want to uproot your family. So I, if I'm him, I'd probably just take a, another one-year deal with the White Sox and say, you know what, just let's try it out here. I think we're on the verge of something special. I'll give you guys a one-year deal, you know, just because I, I think that we're good enough right now where we can contend for the World Series, and I want to be a part of that. And I could put uh, – I'll bet on myself. You know, I'm still only going to be, you know, 31 this year. You know, still got a couple good years left, but a guy with his smarts could, could still last a little bit longer, uh, you know, being a catcher. Um, if I'm him, I don't know if I want to go through all that, but so I think, I think if I'm him, I'm inclined to stay for one year, but if I had to put my money on it, I think he's going to end up an angel because, uh, James McCann, although it sounds like he's been living in the South his entire life, uh, he was uh, born in Santa Barbara and went to school in California as well. And I just think what a great opportunity for him to play for the Angels out there in California. And if you're a baseball wife, uh, why wouldn't you love going to California and living there permanently? You don't have to deal with Chicago winters or whatever uh, other things you may not like about Chicago. And you get to go home and play in California under Joe Madden. And I think you know that seems appealing to me as a free agent. Even though he James McCann looks like a guy that should be a Yankee, just anecdotally, like he looks like oh that's that's guy that guy's got Yankee written all over mm-hmm. him. Just does everything the right way, does everything quietly, you know, professional, like you know, no facial hair, you know, you know, uh, God fearing man, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just seems like he's like central casting to be a New York could Yankee. be a captain there. Oh, yeah. for sure, yeah. Um, but, you know, they'd love him out there, uh, but you know, may, that may not be for him. But I think Angels uh, is what I if I had to guess I'd say Angels right now for James McCann but I'm not I'm not totally you know uh, convinced that he's not going to come back here for another year just because the Sox may catch a break they, they caught a lot of bad breaks over the years but they may catch a good break by people not wanting to change their lives too much and 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 go live some someplace else with everything that's going on in the, in the world today it just may be too complicated uh, you know getting your kids back in a new school you know, and after after everything they've they've went through this year with with you know whatever they've done, if your kid's been you know learning at home and just been a weird year for anyone who has a family, it's been a weird year for everyone, especially if you have a family. It's been strange and challenging. So you know, it just coming from a, from me, 
you know, who's got a family, I would be like, you know what, I'm just going to stay put for one more year and 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 deal with a, a, a for sure winner. Because I don't know if the Angels are ready to win right now. Granted, though, James McCann may not have another opportunity to get, uh, you know, his finances in order like he'll have this offseason. But I don't even know if that's on the table because of what, you know, all these, you know, Owners are crying poor. So they have the money to keep James McCann if they really want him. But I think, you know, the right guys are going to have to step up and say, you have to bring him back. Luke is going to have to step up. You know, he doesn't have a new, you know, his new manager is not going to stump for him, barely knows him, you know. So I think Yachty stays in St. Louis. Uh, you know, I don't think they'd let him walk. And uh, James McCann, uh, if I had to bet, probably an angel uh, just because it's a great opportunity for him to start, make some money, and play in California. So, uh, yeah, that, that's about it for the news on James McCann here, but that's one of the stories we'll be following along all off offseason. Uh, and also there's some news with the tender non-tedder deadline coming up on Wednesday, and we'll get to some of those thoughts uh, in a second. But uh, should we open up the bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And we love email, too. We love your email in particular. How can they get us their emails here for the Lockdown White Sox Mailbag Monday, a.k.a. Talk to Us Tuesday, a.k.a. What Up Wednesday? Send it to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Our email is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Send your comments, your questions, whatever you want to send us. We read them all. Not all of them make the show. So send them, make them funny, make them good, and we'll read them, and maybe they'll make our show. Speaking of shows, uh, there's some great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On MLB, check it out, guys. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. Shout out to Sully. Uh, first email up here tonight is from Tim. Tim says this, hey guys, I don't know if anyone's proposed something like this, so here we go, but what about a three-team deal between the Sox, the Mets, and Cleveland with Lindor going to the Mets, Conforto coming to the Sox, and some pick-two combo of Madrigal, Vaughn, Cease, or Dunning going to Cleveland? I know the extra. I know the expectation is that with Cohen buying the Mets, they're only going to add, not subtract. But if the rumors turn out to be true and they end up signing Springer, I think they would have a great outfield with Nimmo and Smith, and this deal allows them to add a superstar at a premium position. This trade also checks off Herb's condition that any realistic deal should hurt the Sox. This guy, Tim's been, he's been listening. So it's not entirely absurd out of the gate. Plus, Michael Conforto is 100% the cure for what ails the Sox. So... They should just fucking do this, right? That's how this works. Anyway, I'll press send and listen to your response. Thanks. Great podcast. That's Tim Marr. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you. All right, Herb, what do you think about this proposed deal that would land Michael Conforto to the White Sox? Yeah, he meets all the requirements. I do feel pain here. It's pain multiple reasons because the players leaving the White Sox and the team it's going to. But Michael Conforto, yeah, I would love to have him on the team. I don't know if it would take that all that much but yeah uh Conforto on the White Sox is a a good good start and the people you're naming in the trade with uh Madrigal was that Cease in there Vaughn in there Dunning like a combination a combination of two of those like four guys 
Yeah, those yeah, those names would get it done. You know, a hundred percent. They, I yes. think they would get it done. I think that maybe an overpayment, but yes. you're you're thinking really right right there. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it is a bit of an overpayment. I think you know, and you know, you just you hate to help your division rival who is still going to be pretty good, even when they start selling off parts. Like you know, they're going to sell off Lindor, and they'll still be pretty competitive because that pitching staff, and they still have Jose Ramirez. You haven't heard much about them shopping him yet. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if Michael Conforto is worth giving all that up to the Indians. I, I, that's my big, biggest uh, you know issue with this potential deal is that it helps the Indians considerably, and you're trying to create some space with the Indians, and, and I, I I don't think you're doing that with this deal. And the Mets that you know Michael Conforto is a fan favorite out there, and he had, he had a pretty solid year again in 2020. He was a two win player in the shortened season. You know, a, a well over 400 on base guy. Solid outfielder, you know. I, I don't know if they're going to be willing to part with him, and you know, they. I think he's a fan favorite out there. From what I know, we'd have to ask our resident uh, Mets uh, fan friend Katie McCaffrey. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if they they make this deal. I don't think they would just part with a with a piece like that. But then, if you're from their perspective, you got to give up something to get something in terms of Lindor. So I think it, it works on on paper for them, but I'm not sure. If that that's like the first guy they would they would unload like someone who already is a contributor at the big league level. I think they'd find a space for Conforto uh, as opposed to dealing him away. But I, I like where your head's at. But I just think that helps the Indians too much above all. But yes, I'd love Michael Conforto. We'd love any any right fielder. I think I don't, there's not many guys that I would shoot down at this point. Uh, but there's a lot of good options. That that's the point. So uh, we we appreciate the email there, Tim. Uh, on the this talk to us Tuesday, uh, next one up here. And he bets left-handed too, right? Conforto, yeah, yeah, yeah. hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. He can make the uh, Robin Ventura round back, so he <clears throat> starts with the Mets and goes to the White Sox. Yeah, you I, always Mets up by the way for that Grand Slam single. That's our guy. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I guess I, w- I should look up. Yeah, Michael Conforto would be a free agent in twenty twenty two. So you got you've got you know I don't know if that if that means uh, after the 2022 season, but yeah, you have a couple years of Conforto, which is still in your window. Which is let's be honest, it's a Lucas Giolito window until they extend Lucas. So yeah, that that lines up with your competitive window. So yeah, it, w- it would be interesting to see uh, Michael Conforto coming to the White Sox. Uh, next this one would up, be his last year. This would be his last year oh, coming up, 2021. Then I, yeah, then I really don't like that then. If it's just for one year of Michael Conforto, I don't like that at all. So <laughs> that that changes. And it would cost much less too. Well, that's so, true. The, I would be willing. Wouldn't... I'd be willing to give up Dane Dunning to, to the Indians to to get Michael Conforto now, possibly. Okay. But I okay. still don't. I'm not even still. Ooh, I get, it hurts though, right? That's that's your logic. It does it, hurt. Yeah. So it's supposed to. Yeah, it's supposed to hurt. Uh, I just don't know if Dane Dunning would be the guy. I think I'd give up Kopech uh, before I'd give up Dane Dunning, I think, at this point. But uh, we'll, we'll reconcile my feelings about Michael Kopech uh, throughout this offseason and why. I think he's just out of sight, out of mind. Like He wasn't a part of the 2020 mix, and they still were able to win at a pretty good clip. So I, I, it's almost like I'd rather just deal – deal him away rather than see him again do great things in a White Sox uniform. It's very short-sighted to me, but I, I, you know, that would be the first guy I would trade because he has all the makings of a guy that teams would look at and be like, ooh, this is a, this is a sexy guy to trade for. You know? so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about Kopech as the offseason unfolds. I would not be surprised if the Sox do make a trade that Kopech would be, would be part of that because of the way things unfolded in 2020, the reports coming out. Uh, during the season that it was because of the the stress that it w- the season would take on his arm as opposed to COVID or whatever, but that that's what the report said, that he was more concerned about the ramping up and ramping down, which I get. 
Uh, but you know, you got to believe the Sox were not happy with how things transpired in 2020 with Michael Kopech. Uh, next one here, your guy, Sam Hinsdale, our guy. Uh, my question, do you guys think Jake Berger will ever return to form like he was before the ruptured Achilles tendon injury, which unfortunately has marred the start of his baseball career? I was thinking given his age, he should make a full comeback or even make it to the top 100 prospect list in due course. Anyways, what are your guys' thoughts on Jake Berger, Sam and Hinsdale? Hey, we talked a little bit about Jake Berger in the last couple episodes, I think. But yeah, what you know, this is such a weird case here with with Jake Berger but when, when you when you think about Jake Berger do you have him in your plans at all going forward for the White Sox competitive window not at all um and that's not because Jake won't make it it's just because like he where will he play Yohan Moncada signed long term uh first baseman is a there's a blood over there I mean either you're gonna have Jose Abreu you're gonna have Vaughn or Eloy TH also the same thing. Um, and this kid, what, two Achilles tears in consecutive years? I think a knee problem maybe, two in there. Uh, just to see him doing what he did the other day where he's showing his highlights of those quick hands and getting to the ball real quick and the bat sounding really good is very encouraging. But he's only played at, I think, low A was – in Kannapolis in 2017 was the highest level he's been to. He's been off baseball for it'll be four year or three years when he gets back into organized baseball. I know he was at the Schomburg facility uh, this year, but when he gets back to playing games, yeah, he'll probably be starting in low A or rookie ball, and the slog will be a lot. He to take that many years off of baseball and then just pick it back up. It's going to be tough for him. I'm rooting for him, but I'm not counting on him to make the team. Yeah, you know, I'm rooting for him as well. I think it would be better off for Jake Berger to find a spot elsewhere in someone else's organization because there is a bit of a, uh, of you know, of a glass ceiling here in terms of his career. If you want, if you think he's a DH, there's a ceiling there with Andrew Vaughn ahead of him and third base. Obviously, Moncada's not. You know, uh, moving off third uh, anytime soon. He's going to be there hopefully for a, a good long while, getting you some Gold Glove awards there at third. So I, I don't know if he plays there. Uh, I just I don't see it it working for him with the White Sox organization. Not you know, not necessarily because of the injuries, but just because of the timing of the injuries and the, and and where they were in in the rebuild when these injuries occurred. You know, I I, I just don't see it, it it lining up from time wise. But he did look great in the in the videos that he's been that he's been tweeting out and he looks like a different guy. And you know, his relentless attitude of of never quitting and you know a lot of guys in his position would go on and, and get their real estate license and just call it a day. But like he's not giving up on his dream to be a big league ball player, and I love him for that. And I hope to see him with someone, and you hope it's with the White Sox. Uh, I just don't think there's room for him at this point. But I'd love to see him back in baseball, and I I would never ever say never to a guy. You know you shouldn't underestimate a, a a guy with dreams like that and with the you know with the perseverance mentally just even the mental part of it to get over the the humps of those injuries and when they happen you know getting into camp and then having it happen again like it's got to be demoralizing but still there he is 
looking as, as good as ever, looking better than the, the guy that they drafted a few years back. So I would never bet against anyone like that. I just don't think it's going to happen here for him, and that's not a slight against him. I just, just where the White Sox are, I think things have, have, have shifted a little bit as far as expectations go, and I don't think they're going to be able to have that luxury to, to wait around for him. So maybe they could package him in a trade, but I don't know how much you'd get. He, 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 I Here's what I see happening for Jake Berger. He's – he shows up in spring and has a solid spring, and maybe he's a, an add-in at a deal at the deadline for someone, you know, as as a, a pot sweetener, as someone, you know, he's hey, this guy's a number one pick. He's moved beyond the injury issues, and he had a pretty good spring for us. And you know, I don't know if there's going to be minor league ball this year, but if there is, maybe you'll have a little bit of a, a track record down there for for a little bit of the season, and you can finally put something on paper like this is what he's done for us this year, and he's past the injury stage. So hopefully that that's what you get from him this year. But as far as making the big league roster with the White Sox, I just don't see it happening for, for the dude. So, uh, But thank you, Sam, for checking in. Uh, wrapping it up here. Oh, it's uh, coming up here. Tender, non-tender Wednesday, my favorite day of the year on the baseball calendar. Absolutely. And our guy Pete Hand uh, checks in with us here. Where's my Pete Hand sound effect? Here we go. Hello. My name is Mr. Hand. Pete Hand says this, fellas, I'm just getting around to the Snell podcast and I'm bored with, I'm on board with the deal. Wednesday is the non-tender day. Who do you guys think stays and who goes? I think Rodon and Mazzara are gone. Also, Herb is my hero for his take on Madrigal. Thanks from Pete. Thank you, Pete, for checking in as always. Hope you had a nice holiday. Uh, all right, so there's a few tender, non-tender candidates for the White Sox. Pete mentioned Rodon, Mazzara. Um, Ronaldo Lopez is also on that list as a, as a guy that they could non-tender. Um, but it's not a whole lot of names there. But who do you think uh, that they're just going to let walk in 2021, Herb? Um, a guy that they didn't draft, so they've given him many chances to, and you just named him, Ronaldo Lopez. I think they're going to non-tender him. The reason why I think they're going to tender uh, uh, Rodon is because his versatility, left arm, he's got that filthy slider when he does pitch and maybe a chance to regain his uh, uh, miles per hour on his fastball. And I just said it, they invested the third pick overall in a draft for him. So it's really tough for GMs to let that go and admit a failure, uh, not necessarily a failure, but – uh, a, a shortcoming that Carlos Rodon wasn't the guy that they expected him to be. But yeah, Raylo Lopez, they've given him multiple chances to be a better pitcher than he is. And it just, nothing's like, see, there's no glimmer of hope that he could be good. Just good. There's not, I mean, he's got the stuff, but it just doesn't click. And maybe they're thinking, we get this Ethan Katz on him, and he splits eyes on him. He gets him throwing with a towel or a heavier ball or something else, and we'll get him. But also, they're like, "That's enough. We're 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 done." If if he does max out, what is what has he got on our rotation? Is he even close to our rates rotation? No. If you're having uh, Raylo Lopez on your rotation for 2021, you're already losing. So I think he's a strong candidate for a guy that could be non-tender yourself. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I think Ronaldo is going to be, you know, that's the funny thing, the way this lines up. I think even if they had Ethan Katz in the mix trying to get into his ear uh, with a pitching program for the offseason, the, the deadline's already here. So I don't think you'd be able to see results from any type of work that he's been putting in. Um, you know, you, you do remember, we didn't mention this on the podcast, but the Sox claimed someone off waivers from the Diamondbacks, um, Emilio Vargas. Vargas is a guy with the White Sox immediately. Like, it was the first move they made in the offseason. They claimed Emilio Vargas uh, off waivers from the Diamondbacks. So maybe this is a guy that someone like Ethan Katz seeing Vargas in the NL West. Maybe this is a guy that his scouts told him or just someone he saw video of. Like, oh, I see something immediately that I think I could fix, and this would be a cheap alternative than cheaper alternative than paying Ronaldo Lopez possibly so I think maybe you see something like that and that affords you the the depth to let Ronaldo Lopez walk but yeah you talk about a guy that's got chance after chance after chance like Lopez is that guy Rodon being that guy as well and just looking at the finances Rodon is supposed to make four and a half million in uh, in 2021 and then you you know combine that with Mazzara making six million if you want to find money for James McCann, there you have it. A guy, Carlos Rodon, who didn't contribute at all hardly in 2020, and Mazzara, who you're going to let go anyway. So you have some money right there maybe for James McCann, and I'd be cool with that if, if they just let Carlos Rodon go. I don't want to go into 2021 with a spot projected for Rodon, like, oh, he's going to help us here because just you never know what you're going to get from him. You put him in the bullpen in, in an odd circumstance late in the season in Cleveland. He didn't perform there. He couldn't get you out of an inning or two in in that uh, in the wild card game three. So I, I would really hate to say I'm going to put Carlos Rodon in a spot anywhere on my roster when you're trying to compete as something that I think is a sure thing. So I think they're going to let him walk as well. Um, so I think they're going to I think you could see all three of them walk Rodon Mazzara and Lopez all walk because of the financial aspect of this I think they rather roll the dice or maybe put that money uh, into a different pot maybe into the the number three starting rotation pot or a right fielder pot but you know these guys have not helped much in their White Sox career so I think they're going to look at that and like you know what we're we're better served just letting them go somewhere else and getting a fresh start somewhere else but yeah man I think this could just be a cold-hearted financial decision but if they have other things other prospects in terms of players not prospect as in you know young players but other options uh, because of this money that they saved by letting these guys walk I'd be all for that what do you think yeah um if that's the the plan I'm fine with it. I, I wouldn't lose no sleep over yeah. those three guys uh, not being on the White Sox for 2021, especially Nomar Mazar. I mean, good job developing, do good job in the playoffs where you came through a couple times, but the season sample size was, ugh, it was just terrible, just garbage. So, yeah, if they can find money from there, that pot, and spend it somewhere else that helps the 2021 and, and beyond teams – Let's do it. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll follow all those uh, updates with the tender non-tenders and, uh, and keep you guys posted uh, on everything else going on this offseason. But uh, that brings us to a close here and talk to us Tuesday. That's all I got for you tonight, Herbie. All right, Chris Tannehill. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Tannehill. My name, Herb Lawrence. Ecknerwall23 is where you can follow me on Twitter. And the show is at Locked on Socks, both on Instagram and on Twitter. So this has been our Talk to Us Tuesday. I don't know if we'll have a What Up Wednesday nah, this week. Nah, we're done. 
Oh, we're done, guys. So yeah. the White Sox had to do something this week. The Royals out here set, buying everybody. All these bum-ass players. Michael Taylor's on the Royals now. Goodness gracious, Royals are moving in free agency, doing things. You're going to see that some bitch just hitting triples in fucking Kauffman Stadium all year <laughs> long. Jerk. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this Talk to Us Tuesday edition of Locked on Socks.